Hello, and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And we are talking to you slightly more from the past than usual. It is not Monday. We are recording this on a Friday because today, is pres- today as you listen to this, it is President's Day, a day when we celebrate presidents. Yay. Happy, happy President's Day, Liz. Who's your favorite president? Bartlett. <laughs> good answer. Very good answer. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Bill Pullman from Independence Day because I don't remember his name, but I mean it's Bill Pullman from Independence Day. Also, I think he might have been a Republican. He might have been. I mean, so he was that, a fighter pilot and all that, so they had to kind of go that route. Yeah. The point is, is that we we we're, we're cro- we 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 are cross party. We represent we represent all sides of the nation. Hitting all those demos. Yes, uh, but our topic for this week has the least amount to do with presidents that you could possibly imagine, except for, I guess, record company presidents. Oh, what a transition. I'm a that master. Was well done. That Thank was really you. good. Yeah, I try. I try. Anyway, so uh, these guys named Martin Scorsese and Mick Jagger decided to make a TV show, or they decided to make something about the record industry, and it eventually became a TV show with the help of Terrence Winter. And, and thus like 50 we, other people. And like 50 other people. Uh, it's not totally clear to us who exactly make it, it. Well, we know exactly who is behind vinyl, but it's been it's been a it's a complicated question. The point is, is that this little show about the 1970s record industry now exists. And Ben has watched a lot more of it than I have. But we've both watched uh, several episodes. And Ben, what you think? Um, I mean, I kind of like it. I kind of I kind of enjoy it. I think um, your your intro is uh, <laughs> obviously just off the cuff and not necessarily meant to be taken literally. But the idea of vinyl being a little show is so against everything <laughs> about the show, like from the production of it to the hype around it to the like, goals of it. I mean, it's it's a big show. Like it's it's like you said, Scorsese, Jagger, Terrence Winter, the guy from Boardwalk Empire, and Supreme, like all of the stuff leading up into the background, and it's a period piece, and it's got this sprawling cast, and it's just, I mean, there's so much going on. Like watching this this thing, which hopefully, you know, a lot of you did uh, last night, it, it premiered, it's, it's two-hour uh, series premiere on HBO on Sunday. Um, I mean, it's an experience. They definitely went all out with this, which I thought was kind of interesting, just as a quick side note, compared to like Scorsese's work with the Boardwalk Empire pilot. Like I didn't feel that much of Scorsese's presence in that. Like it's obviously there and there's certain things, but it almost felt like Scorsese light, like Scorsese just kind of, well, it's TV. I'll just kind of show up and do some stuff. Um, and this felt like full on Scorsese, just, you know, madness uh, from from start to finish. But, uh, but yeah, Liz, what about you? What did you, uh, what did you think of the first couple episodes? Well, picking up on you just laid down, uh, yeah, I mean, they only recreated, like, a few blocks of New York City as, as represented in 1970s Greenwich Village. They only, only a few blocks of New York City, Ben. Come on. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> just a couple. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, the pilot, like, is almost meta in, it, in the way it's, it's a Martin Scorsese joint, uh, so to speak. Um, and I, I find it really, it's a really interesting show, and I love the depth of detail that goes into, re, into creating this world. And, I mean, the thing, I think, 
I feel like there are two types of people in the world. There are music people and there are non-music people. Like, there are people who... Everyone listens to music. Everyone likes music. I don't know anyone who doesn't enjoy music. But I think there are people who understand the industry and the business and the art artistry behind it to a greater degree than I do. So watching something like vinyl, it's always like... It, it is almost an education for me. Like, I, there are details I'm picking up on or... Uh, catching up with that I'm sure other people take for granted, but are relatively new to me. And so that's always exciting. Yeah. It's definitely a show that music lovers should flock to. Um, even if, you know, they're not TV people or they're not, you know, hooked by the, the Scorsese aspect of it or what have you, I think they're going to find a lot of stuff in this to admire, uh, not only in those little details that you're talking about, but in the general construction of the show, there's literally so much music packed into every inch, every moment of this TV show, into this, even this, the first two hours, that first premiere. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I, I couldn't even, I, I mean, I couldn't even count how many songs that they integrate into that. Um, and the transitions are really jarring. They create kind of a, a music into it like unto itself in, in kind of how it's set up and how it moves from one to the next. Um, it's, it's a really impressive technical feat. Uh, the production of it, the, the editing of it always like grabbed me really strongly. Those kind of uh, bookended transitions of uh, different singers kind of crooning a uh, various song to either set the mood or, or to call attention to a certain person uh, that's about to come into the story. And then they show that scene and then they go back to this kind of singer standing alone in a room um, and then, you know, they keep moving forward from there. Like, I mean, there's a lot going on in this thing. Um, and yeah, you're right. I, I mean, music people should definitely fall in love with this thing. But that being said, I mean, I don't, you know, they're, they're definitely qualifiers to everything we're talking about. Because I think you and I are, you, you having seen more of it, how do you feel the show is evolving? Well, I, I feel like... I feel like I don't exactly know how it's evolving. I actually thought that the second episode was probably stronger than the first. Um, I and that's partially because it find it actually kicked into gear. Like you're kind of waiting for the story to to catch fire throughout that first two hours, and then in the in the next one it's actually begun. So you're seeing it develop, and there's still not a whole lot going on in that story. And I think my biggest issue with it in general is just that. I feel like it's focusing on the wrong person. And, you know, before I get too far down this rabbit hole, uh, I think that Bobby Cannavale, or Cannavale, how do you, can you say his last I, name? I think Cannavale. Cannavale, yeah. I mean, he's tremendous in this. Like, oh, he's, yeah. He, I mean, the, the character aside, like, he just nails it. And, and it's a passionate performance. It, it, it's very nuanced. He hits so many different levels. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's tricky to, to portray drunk and, and high and stone, like all of these different kind of, uh, combinations of extremes that he's asked to do because of what his character does. But even in the moments of sobriety and, and kind of, of, of quiet, which are very few and far between, he really holds the screen well. Like it's, he's, he's just tremendous, but I'm just not hooked by that character. Yeah, I think. I mean, for one thing, I agree with you totally about 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 our, our buddy Bobby. I think like he's an actor. He's one of those actors who you just know has been 
like he's been waiting like not he ha- he personally hasn't been waiting for it but like it's like the industry finally figured out something to do with him and it's this and it's great like he's been like an actor in search of a lead role on this level for a while and it's really delightful to see him like get get a chance to shine that being said yeah i think it it's it really speaks to how it's it speaks to a similar a similar problem i think with boardwalk empire which is you know who are we actually rooting for in the show and is it the person who's on the screen the most and you know sometimes that that's a huge problem that shows need to face yeah and it's one that's that's particularly being addressed more and more as the anti-hero trend seems to be wearing down or winding down um in that, like you mentioned, like you want to have somebody to root for now. It's it's not as easy to just be fascinated by someone who's an asshole. You really have to justify the fact that they're an asshole. And that aspect of it doesn't bother me as much in vinyl, um, in part because he's not a horrible person. Uh, you're not meant to look at him and, and really judge him harshly. Um, you just kind of see what he does and see where his focus is, and that might lead him in a different direction than you'd expect. Um, which is interesting into it, into its or unto itself, but it's not necessarily as gripping as some of these other stories that are going on. Um, a lot of these other characters that are, you know, supporting players in the story, to me, have a much more interesting, like have much more interesting plot lines going on. Uh, from from Olivia Wilde's character, who is very much starting the show as the wife of. Richie, like as the record executive, and you have to, yeah, and, and if you didn't hear it in Ben's voice, he put the and wife in capital letters. Like, yeah, absolutely, and in quotes as I mean, and it's it it was almost interesting to me and admirable to me in the way that they presented her as just that when it's Olivia Wilde. I mean, she's a pretty big deal nowadays, and her casting in this show was a pretty big deal. So to kind of keep her on the back burner at the beginning almost says a lot about what they're going to do with her, about like what her journey is going to be, and kind of uh, you see a little bit more of that unfold with every episode, which is interesting. But again, it's more interesting than what's going on with Richie. Like She has much more at stake than he does, and so does his younger record executive, played by Juno Temple, who I've always been a big fan of. I think she's an extremely talented actress, and uh, she's relegated to a few things in you know the early episodes that... Frankly, I don't think are necessary. There's some sex and nudity and stuff where it seems more like a grab for other people that's not necessarily needed for her character. Um, but she's still tremendous, and her character is on a journey that's very, very interesting. But she only pops up every you know twenty or thirty minutes or so. Like she's not the the, the focus of the story. And then finally, the most interesting thing to me about Richie is what's going on. Um, and I don't remember how much this is explored. And I know it's in the premiere, but his relationship with Lester. Um, is fascinating to me. And and Lester is the one who's really the strongest presence of that story. And he definitely has a voice. And uh, the actor who plays him, whose name I'm blanking on right now, um, who does a great job, uh, uh, steps up. And, and like you really feel that. And you, you really want to get more invested in that storyline. But that too, it, it just keeps kind of getting pushed aside in favor of what's going on with Richie, which really just isn't as interesting when you strip away all of that crazy good production value, uh, all of the edits, all the music, all the intensity that's built up, uh, and the atmosphere of the show, the core of it, just this guy, isn't necessarily that driving force. 
I mean, for, yeah, I mean, for, to go back a little bit, just remind me who Lester is. I'm sorry. Uh, Lester is the, uh, the, the jazz singer, his buddy from oh, when yes. he first started Thank out. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. And okay, great. Or blues that, singer, not jazz singer, blues singer. There, oh, I was going to make the joke like there's a difference, but I guess there's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a bit of a difference. Yeah. Um, but uh, that kind of, oh, by the way, the name of the actor who plays Lester is Atto Asando. Nice. Yep. There we go. There we go. So good catch. I mean, I think I think this what we're what we're, we're kind of dancing around here, and I, well, we might as well just flat out say it is it would be really interesting if vinyl was not about the white guy. Yeah. Um. And the the white guy is in his thir- late thirties, early forties, who's struggling with his relationship with his wife, and you know, trying to make it, you know, trying to succeed in business. Because how many times have we seen that? How many times has a narrative on television revolved around that exact thing? Yeah, I mean, a lot. And and we have seen it a lot. And we understand why it keeps happening, especially on HBO and especially in this context. I mean, it's made by, uh, I think, you know, a lot of white men. But, you know, Mick Jagger, Martin Scorsese, Terrence Winter, um, and and you know they're going to draw from the experience that that they've been through and and their perspective and focus on you know what matters most to them, uh, which speaks you know bringing in diverse creators and the benefits of that. Uh, but at the same time, you know HBO needs they need that appeal. They want to they still want to appeal as a premium cable provider. They want to appeal to the older rich white guys out there who are going to pay the money to subscribe to this so they still want to make stories about those people so at the same time while we understand it from as for as far as tv is gone and 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 for for as many shows that are out there that you know are starting to break the mold it would be nice to see a show like this which has so much you know weight behind it so much uh, you know ambition and 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 belief from HBO and, and just you know advertising like everything about it is big it would be nice to see a show like that have more diversity at the center of it like instead of just dancing around and and helping like they their stories are great and they really make the show worth watching um you know in addition to all the other technical benefits but uh but yeah it would be great if they were really the focus yeah i mean with 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 i mean i i find myself really compelled by the question of what would what would martin scorsese what would what would this show be like if it was martin scorsese directing terrence Woodard writing it but juno temple was the main character um it'd be get labeled as a girl show i'm sure but or would it actually if 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 martin scorsese directed the version of vinyl where juno temple is the main character would people still judge it as oh it's about a girl doing girl stuff and only for girl only girls should watch i mean i don't know i'd like to find out i'd like i'd like to know especially if she became or or you know olivia wilde you know one of the uh like a a woman out there became his new de niro or dicaprio like his new kind of go-to person um i'd i'd be curious to know kind of how that reception changed things or how the you know the excitement factor or or the or the build-up around it existed but i feel like something like that needs to happen for things to actually start changing in that direction, for things to start moving that way, not just the little incremental changes and the people who become bigger because they you know, break in with a smaller story, but the people who are big and exist in that realm already 
you know, finding these stories to tell and, and telling them the right way. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. We're all looking for, at this point, I feel like audiences are looking for the new to some extent. Like, you know, there, you know, there's the, definitely a, a desire for traditional, you know, for traditional, for the familiar. But, uh, you know, all the dramas that are breaking out right now are breaking out because they represent something new. They represent a new level of diversity. They le- represent a new point of view. And to be fair to HBO, HBO is like, they've got a lot of interesting stuff coming up, coming up that does have unique viewpoints. Uh, I've just been reading about uh, the new ISA ratio insecure, which is a fun fact. The director on that is the director of Beyonce's uh, uh, latest video formation. Nice. Yeah, so she's uh she's having a decent year directing an HBO <laughs> show, directing yeah. Beyonce. I think yeah, she's probably she's probably pretty happy right now. She's probably, probably doing all right. Pretty good. But yeah. yeah, so that's an exciting thing uh to look forward to. Uh and I mean yeah, I mean it, but it is like this thing where it, like there is it is premium drama trapped in the cycle of just like we have to have a white guy at the center. Yeah, I mean cuz it seems it, very specific it, to that genre. Right, and it seems to be breaking outside of that at times. Like, there's obviously there's so many shows out there that have different focuses, um, and again, we're not coming down on this one specifically for for that aspect for not just being uh, not being what it's not trying to be. It's just that these other elements are already there and way more appealing than what's what they're focusing on. So it becomes kind of a, a broader talking point. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of the future. I just feel like I'd really like to see directors like this, especially you know, if they're coming to TV, to to tackle something a little bit different. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I felt the same way though about the Nick. Like, I really felt like Clive Owen's character on the Nick was not the strongest part of that show, and for some reason he was still the focus. He was very familiar to me. He was very much a premium cable version of House, and you know he he did a great job. Clive Owen's fantastic in that show, and the show is is very good. It's very well done. Um, but I would have liked to see Soderbergh, you know, focus on uh, like some of the subjects he took for his other movies rather than you know go back to a, a, a trope and a story that we'd seen before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Uh... I mean, I think in general, like what we what we want out of great artists, what we want out of great directors and writers is we want to see them challenging themselves. And they want honestly, we want them to challenge us. Like I want to be at this point, like I I, I, I would relish being confronted with new points of view uh, and, and you know, new 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 angles on stories like that seemed like, it, it, you know, at this point, like maybe maybe this is just my burnout talking. Maybe I'm just watching too much, too much other stuff. But, you know, like, make me think. And, yeah. and, and and vinyl does that to some extent. Like, not just if only talking about the music, talking about talking about these other characters who are brought into it. But, you know, the best thing about diversity is the fact that it leads to new interesting stories. And especially in, in a landscape where there were 1,400 television shows on broad uh, you know, aired last year that's so essential like that's how you stand out that's why we remember master of none of for example as one random example over whatever bland comedies that nbc put out last year actually nbc only put out one bland comedy last year and uh, <laughs> but that, that's my point no no it's 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 very valid and it's one of those things that 
Um, you know, I, I I feel like you know obviously everybody is working toward it's a huge talking point right now. Uh, obviously with the movies and and the Oscars and everything that's happening over there with diversity and and every day we get a new celebrity commenting on the Oscars so white uh, debate. You know, obviously it's something that people are interested in and people are talking about. And you know, everyone in Hollywood seems to be very aware of this now. They seem to be making strides in in certain regards. And I guess I just, I still want, I mean, obviously we all still want more, but I, I guess I want more from very specific people sometimes. Or I just want people to be able to recognize something that is right there in front of them already. Like, they wrote these scripts, they developed these characters, uh, they're obviously giving a lot of of credit to them in, in final obviously is what i'm talking about um i'd like them to be able to recognize at some point be like holy shit maybe this show isn't about richie maybe this show is about devon maybe this show is about uh i can't remember juno temple's name now but but her character like maybe it's about lester i i i don't know you know that's obviously a big change but this show has gone through a lot of changes over the years it's had a lot of hands in the pot um and you know I don't know who's making the final decision about all that stuff. It may be something that you know wouldn't have gotten ordered up in the same way if it was about something else. You know, talking about the power dynamics of Hollywood and who's really in control of diversity. But you know, I, I I watch a show like this, and for as good as it is, I feel like it's this close to being great. And as a critic, you know, that's something that really frustrates you when you see something and you're just like, oh my god, like this is this has so many ingredients. This has so much going right for it. They're so close. And they just can't quite grab it. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I'll be very interested to kind of see the more general reaction to vinyl out there. I know some there's some reviews out there already. Um, it's definitely gotten the, the 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 praise from a couple of critics. You know that HBO is, is has been gunning for. You know the prestige that they want this show to be or to have. Um, and then there's a couple others who are just a little more lukewarm on it. And I definitely enjoy it. I definitely think it's it's like it's it's something to admire. Uh, especially in the production and the performances, I just kind of want a little bit more from those characters. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the whole the, the value of having an ensemble. I think, and I think a lot. Uh, you know, you hear showrunners talk about this a lot. The fact that you know they, you start a show with an ensemble cast, and you probably you have a good sense of who you've cast in your show. You know what you you have a vague idea of what they're capable of, but then you keep going, and you know things evolve, things change. The show becomes something different. It becomes a different animal. And the more responsive you are to that and the more you're able to adapt to it and really, you know, highlight, highlight the real capabilities of what your show can be. That's, that's what like lets a great show, a good show become a great show. I think like, you know, take parks and recreation, for example, like that first season is wobbly to say the least and a lot of comedies have that problem but they they stuck in it they stuck with it they nbc stuck with it the showrunners stuck with it and they figured out what their show was and yeah it took a few episodes but it happened and you know not that vinyl and parks and recreation are playing the same playground but this is definitely a, a situation where it's not it's not the it's not they didn't call the show the richie show they called it vinyl vinyl can be anything yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, going back to the to comparison I made earlier with the Nick, they've definitely uh, made some transitions in season two that set it up for, uh, you know, a whole different story if they come back for season three. Um, and they, they've made strides in, in what seemed like the right direction, 
you know, during that second season, and it wasn't, you know, as an abrupt face change as, as kind of what you felt with Parks and Rec between one and two. Uh, but yeah, like there's definitely those those options out there. It's definitely something that's very uh, possible in television specifically because of, you know, how it's set up. You, you've got time between seasons. You've got, um, you know, so much longer to, to stick with, with characters and, and to see what works and what doesn't. Um, and, you know, at the same time, you know, watching that show and watching, you know, our our good buddy Bobby, like you called him, I, I don't want him to go away at all. Like I, he's so like he's so good. Like watching these actors, they're all so good. Um, you don't want them to disappear. But uh, but at the same time, I mean, I think Ray Romano is an interesting character on the show. Oh yeah, and especially in the sense that he's Ray Romano. He's you know had one of the the highest rated sitcoms ever made. Uh, he's he's a household name. And he's very much relegated to the background, too. He's definitely not a super major player, uh, even though he is an older white male and is you know, very much integrated into, into Richie's day-to-day life. Um, but yeah, he's not, he's not a huge deal, and you could probably cut him, but I don't want him to go anywhere because he's doing a good job, too. Yeah, I actually really – I find Ray Romano's presence in this show fascinating because he – for one thing, he doesn't need the work. He – Ray Romano, I I feel unless unless he got totally scammed or something, I'm pretty sure Ray Romano's doing okay for himself financially. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, despite despite that, he's continued to do. He's continued to take on new roles. He was in. He led Men of a Certain Age. He was in Parenthood, and he does. Speaking of artists who like to challenge themselves, like the fact that he was just like, yeah. I'll, I'll go. I'll go play Martin Scorsese's uh, world for a little while. Like he playing a supporting role. He gets to you know. I, I I'm editing right now as we not as we speak. I'm because we're do, recording this podcast. But at some point today, I'm going to finish up editing this uh, re- interview I did with him, where he's just like, yeah, Martin Scorsese had never heard of Everybody Loves Raymond. He had no idea who I was, and <laughs> and then he talked a little bit about how he was terrified. He was terrified of acting in front of Martin Scorsese because it's Martin Scorsese. Um, but, uh, you know, but like, I love that. Like, I love the fact that he was just willing to take a supporting role in a, in this show because it was exciting and new for him. Yeah, and he seems to be, like you said, just making that his mission after kind of succeeding doing the you know moving from stand-up to the sitcom he's now challenging himself as an actor with pretty much every role that he picks up um in in kind of in pretty interesting ways so and there's a lot of that stuff going on in vinyl uh which frankly just has so much stuff going on in general that even though our our discussion here has blown up to a you know cover a pretty expansive portion of it uh there's still so much more to talk about like it's really a show that um i will be interested to see kind of what you know, obviously my friends and, and critics out there kind of pick up on, but what the kind of public perception of it is outside of, you know, just a, a, a Martin Scorsese music drama. Like, this is the Martin Scorsese show, but what's it going to be by season two and three when, you know, he's not directing every episode, he just directed the pilot, and, you know, it's become kind of its own thing. I'll be curious to kind of see what's going on with it. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if it's going to become a, con- a conversation piece the way, say, Game of Thrones is. Like, if only based on the fact that, you know, we're looking at the exact, almost the exact same creative formula with the addition of Mick Jagger uh, that Boardwalk Empire had. And Boardwalk was always an interesting show, but it never really set the world on fire. It kind of did no. what it did. It kind of did what it did very well. And, you know, 
never really exceeded those expectations. No. Yeah. And I, I, I'll be, again, I'll be curious to kind of see where this lands in terms of like prestigious rankings. Like if it shows up on a lot of top 10 lists, if it gets a lot of awards attention, I think it'll definitely get that attention for the cast, um, you know, specifically Bobby. Um, but yeah, I, I will be curious to kind of see what the public thinks of this, uh, as it continues to roll out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So looking forward, Ben, what's the best thing you watched last week? Actually the exact opposite. Looking backward, Ben, what's the best thing you watched last week? Um, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff I've been watching, uh, including a, an interesting web series called an African city, uh, which is kind of a Sex in the City spinoff. But uh, what I wanted to highlight was uh, this show coming out on Amazon called The New Yorker Presents. Oh, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that pilot. Uh, I, I haven't been able to see more than that yet. Uh, I've got the screeners sitting there, and hopefully I'll be able to dig into them soon. Uh, but I definitely watched I, I watched the pilot. I, I spoke with a couple of the producers back at the TCAs. Uh, it's an interesting show. It's um, You mean Alex Gibney? Of, Director Alex Gibney, director of everything yes. Alex Gibney. Yes, the, the the director of every documentary you've liked over the last three years uh, is, is a big portion of the show. Um, and it's it really is like the magazine put to a half hour episode. Like it's got everything going on in it. It's got you know, it's got news stories, it's got short films, uh, it's got actual like animated versions of the New Yorker cartoon that pop up it's got poetry i mean it's got a lot of things but honestly the thing that i keep going back to is the opening of it which is the it's kind of like a table of contents where it just says you know at this exact time code is when this part of the story starts and then we go to this and then we go to this and then we go to this and it's like you could skip around if you wanted to but frankly they're so well integrated i never felt the need to do that um and it just kind of felt like a nice little prep for what's to come so i, I don't know i think it'll be a really pleasant thing to watch and it felt exactly like reading a magazine that you've just been kind of waiting for all month. Like it would just show up once a month or, or you know, this is coming out weekly. Um, is, once it a week out, is, it, is it actually coming out weekly or are they doing all at once? No, they're coming, they're doing a weekly release on this. Oh really? Uh, yeah. I think they're releasing the first two this week and then one a week or maybe two a week from then on out. Um, That's but smart. yeah, so I, and I feel like that's exactly, you know, in an age where I really do want to binge everything, I want everything to be released like Netflix does, um, just about. But uh, in an age where that's getting to be extremely popular, uh, it's not. This actually works really well for it. This is a very well timed uh, decision for it because it's just kind of a fun thing to to end up with, you know, whenever you get around to, to watching it. So uh, that's going to be on Amazon. I don't think I ever mentioned that. So everybody, give that a shot. And uh, meanwhile, Liz, what was the best thing you watched last week? Okay, so I have a bunch of things. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going to quickly touch on a few things. One, um, you should Google, everyone should Google Seth Meyers joke bombed. And that will probably take, that should hopefully take you to uh, a Vulture article that highlights a clip from this week's uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, uh, which is incredible. Basically, Seth Meyers tells a joke during his opening monologue that goes so badly, and it is so funny. It is just intensely, insanely funny uh, how badly that joke bombed. And he leans into it. He owns how bad it went. It's really great. Uh, beyond that, uh, 
I also have to shout out for um, this week's episode of The Flash, which, bear with me, was really exciting because there's parallel universes, really well-executed jokes, and, uh, you know, that's a show that continues to really have fun with its premise and really evolve nicely. Um, while also remaining integrated with the rest of this crazy CW DC universe. So that's something. Yeah. Uh, those are very good picks. And and I have to shout out really quick since you mentioned late night TV this week. Um, Samantha V's show was, Oh my God, that was incredible. That was definitely one of the best things this week. Yeah, we're definitely uh, we're we're we as as per usual with our late night reviews, we're waiting to kind of evaluate her first couple of episodes to all together. But yeah, her first, you know, she came to play and she played hard. Uh, <laughs> the other the other thing I watched this week was Togetherness season two, and that is really a show that I I think it plays a lot better binged, frankly. But I. You know, you were the one who really dug into it last year, and I kind of I, I had I basically had to catch up this month with it. I had seen a few episodes before, but I digging into it this month, like it's it's an interesting show, and damn that cast is good, and damn they do some intri- they they really they really did they really don't they really don't pull any punches when it comes to how to the emotional content of what they're of, of, of these relationships and these people. So I, I respected that a lot. Yeah. That's actually, uh, my next thing for this week was, oh, there was you go. Well, they're per- perfect like, transition. Yeah. Like you, like you mentioned, I was a huge fan of season one. Um, and what's kind of interesting to note, and you know, we were obviously just spent a lot of time talking about shows about white men. Um, one, you know, he's not rich in the show and two, it's not about, one white man it's actually this is a true ensemble where vinyl has a great ensemble going on this is actually a true ensemble where no one's really the sole focus it's not mark duplis's show it's very much all four of these actors and uh they all get equal weight they're all very fascinating they're obviously all connected by that you know by their living situation among other things uh but it's yeah it's a fascinating show it's incredibly well done um it's it's beautiful to watch unfold in in pretty much every sense you can come up with uh i really have a lot of admiration for that cast it it doesn't seem to be one that's that's big enough that's that's really like you know, busting down doors in a sense to to draw the attention of a ton of people or to draw the attention of of uh, the award shows, but it's very deserving of of anybody who who hears of it and has the time to check it out because you you should make sure to do so. It's it's one of the best. I don't want to say comedies on television. It's you know it's more like a dramedy, but with the half hour tagline, you'd you'd probably go comedy, and it's definitely one of the best. So um so yeah, that's the next thing I'm. Looking forward to digging into uh, uh, start. I think that's next Sunday. Not, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's 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 in a block of girls uh, after after vinyl. Uh, nice. I want to note for the record that I actually got to interview the Duplass brothers uh, this week. That's part of why I was catching up with togetherness. And uh, one thing they mentioned was they very much think yeah they 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 are very much with you on the whole. This is an ensemble. Like I asked them, I asked them if you know they would ever imagine adding a new cast member, and they said we have a hard enough time making sure that all four of our leads, and that's the way they put it, all four of our leads were equally serviced. So that's something. Yeah. Speaking of HBO, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Speaking of HBO, hi HBO. We watch a lot of your programming. 
Um, <laughs> the next thing I'm looking forward to is technically something that's already aired as you listen to this, but damn, it's going to be good to have John Oliver back. I mean, yeah. damn, damn, we've, we've missed you, John Oliver. Um, so, uh, that's, that's, uh, wh- who knows what he'll do. He'll, he'll be, but he's going to be refreshed. He's going to be raring to go. I'm sure it's going to be delightful. And, uh, on a similar comedy tact, uh, Broad City is also premiering next week. Yeah. That was my pick last week for, I think next thing, if not best thing, but yeah, I can't, there's so much, actually this, this week is just packed with TV. This week um, is packed with TV. Also the X-Files I mean, is, all coming, weeks are, is, is airing. <laughs> There's a, there's a show called what The X Files. I, I don't know, know if you've heard about it. Oh my god! This 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 tonight the Monday night's episode of The X Files is ridiculous. But I I hope I I'm I'm very there's there's a lot to discuss with it, and I'm very excited to see what people have to say, uh, especially you, Ben. Most especially you. Aww. Well, I mean, on that note, I, I must also point out that I'm contractually obligated after spending this much time talking about HBO to mention The Leftovers. So, <laughs> guys, you know, The Leftovers came out on Blu-ray this week. Give it up. Go ahead and buy oh, it. God. At least you have a it. timely angle for it. <laughs> Liz, I could always have a timely angle for The Leftovers. No problem. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, lots of great TV out there right now, guys. Yeah. Uh, so... Also really great is IndieWire.com where you can read about all this great TV. That includes news, reviews, interviews, features, uh, all the stuff you enjoy and probably some stuff you don't. But please don't leave nasty comments. It's It just makes you look silly. It just makes you look silly and, you know, that I, you don't want that. There was a great comment. I just I have to throw this out there really quick. There was a great comment on some trailer. I think it was like a House of Cards trailer where it said two words that were related to the trailer. I think it was just like, great series. And then in all caps right after it was a plug for whatever random indie movie they had premiering at some really local, tiny theater in New York or Brooklyn or something. And I was just like, yeah, well done. I mean, you you... You paid homage to the article, and then you still got your plug-in for this uh, for this movie of yours. So, anyway, um, in addition to reading all these wonderful comments at IndieWire.com, as well as you know maybe Liz and I's articles, uh, make sure you listen to Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson on Screen Talk, uh, digging into the Oscars uh, and so many so many movies that are coming out right now. Um, and then, of course, listen to our great editor in chief Dana Harris doing IndieWire Influencers, uh, just some of the great most important talking heads, voices, people in the industry right now. Uh, don't miss either one of those. Yep. And you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and then an E. That is correct. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying your President's Day or your week in the week before then. And most importantly, what I hope you're doing is that you keep watching television.